Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher Sarah Perry. Hi, folks. Sarah Perry here. Today we're going to be discussing negotiations for uh, couples and poly groups who don't feel like they're getting what they want sexually from their current dynamic, whether it be um, not enough sex for what you want or not the right kind or maybe not being touched in the way that you would prefer or even sometimes that you've found something that you think might be interesting and want to explore and what that looks like. But we're going to do it from a perspective of sex positivity, not from the perspective of arguments. So again, let's have this conversation from a coaching standpoint. I'm not here to make anybody feel like they need to go see a therapist. I'm not here to make anyone feel like they have any traumas. And if you do have traumas and you do need to kind of work on past stuff, that's completely okay. But these are not going to be the best tools for you. You need to be aware of what is happening inside of you if things are triggering really strong emotions because most of the time that's related to other stuff. So let's start from the perspective of negotiation. This episode is going to be all about how to get exactly what you want. First, first step is going to be to figure out what it is you want. So it sounds like such a simple thing, but it really is not. Most of us have been told our whole lives what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate and then have gone out of our way to kind of create a persona and a and a personality that matches with what we've been told is okay. For example, women all the time are told to calm down or keep their volume down or kind of tone themselves down or maybe that they come across as too aggressive. But really, we all have our little personalities. And what happens is that the more we try to shape people into someone they are not, the more we are kind of putting them inside of a little box that then they just have to fight to get out of. And their authentic self is sometimes also shaped by their perception of what is acceptable and what isn't or what people have told them is acceptable and isn't. So remember that part of who we are is that we've been told that there's an authentic self that needs to break free. Sometimes it's okay to think that part of our personality doesn't depend on breaking free. Sometimes some of us did grow up feeling okay with who we were and you don't necessarily have to cocoon out into this thing that becomes a butterfly but knowing that it is expected of us to be struggling with some internal thing that is coming out is a huge part of our society so yeah it's part of our personalities too if you want to read more about those theories about um kind of coercive confession stuff uh michelle foucault is a philosopher was a philosopher in the 60s out of France and his stuff is amazing and uh, he has many books that are short but really difficult to understand um, so I recommend you kind of YouTube uh, videos explaining his theories because they are bananas so first of all when you're talking to a partner you have to start with positive regard so remember my five agreements that we spoke about during the episode on consent this is what I'm talking about. Positive regard just means you're making sure that you're starting from the primacy that the person you're talking to is doing the best they can with the tools they have today. 
like I said, sometimes tools are different from day to day. Sometimes we're better people one day than the next. Sometimes we're having better days. And that's completely acceptable. But also for other people to understand that you're trying the best you can is a huge part of how you're gonna be able to have productive conversations and really just relationships in general. So start from the perspective of, I'm trying the best I can, they're trying the best they can, and together we're gonna try to find a solution. Also know that there isn't always a solution and it has to be okay to know when an argument isn't gonna lead to a solution and that it's okay to step away from it. So for example, if there is something that a partner of yours really wants to try that is really just not something you're even comfortable with, it's okay for there to not be a solution to that, including but not limited to just not talking about it again. So. Obviously, we all have to identify what our deal breakers are. What are things that you are absolutely not willing to even have sexy conversations about? It's good to find those boundaries. That's what I'm talking about when I say we need to identify what we like. We also need to try to identify possible boundaries. Like I talked about before though, boundaries tend to be only found once you've already crossed them. So keeping the other person in positive regard and then acknowledging, whoa, potentially they were trying their best, but really that's as good as it gets right now and it's just gonna be a bad situation is okay, right? So when you start a discussion, start with the mindset that there might not be a resolution and that's okay because every time we have a conversation, we get a little bit clearer inside of the way we communicate and we learn new patterns of communication and we're retraining ourselves to be better at communicating with our partners and with ourselves and to be better at being kind about what we want and accepting. So it doesn't matter if there's no re resolution to a specific issue because overall you're learning tools that are super, super valuable. So. Start with positive regard always. Step two, figure out what it is you want. So I'd like to suggest to spend some time with yourself. Spend some time either masturbating or going into some kind of sexy story in your mind and see where it lets you. My friend Beth Liebling at Darling Way and Love and Laughter podcast always starts these little kind of sexy stories and people are supposed to just follow in where the last person left off and continue the sexy story. Every time I read them, I think these are just ridiculous stories. They're like romance novels, which is totally not my thing. But the whole point is you're engaging with someone's sexual side and creating um, a narrative outside of yourself that you're able to identify your sexual desires with. So every time you have a hard time identifying with someone, try to make someone else do it in your mind. Be creative, make up a story, and what would this person do instead of you? Because when it's not you, it's a lot easier to accept when things are happening. So see where that narrative takes you. Also, masturbate, give yourself pleasure. Feel different parts of yourself. Maybe there's something new that you like. When you're masturbating or when you're about to orgasm, even if you're not by yourself, think about what it is that drives you crazy. What is the thing that's bringing you to the edge? And then that can be a way, like a clue into something that could be triggered inside of you and that you could be really enjoying. So start there also. So once you've identified what it is you want, you wanna approach your partner and you can have this conversation in any way. The best way is not to start any conversation with, 
hey, we need to talk. Nobody wants to talk when they need to be talked to. So it's easier to just let things happen naturally. I suggest when you are not already in a sexual situation, but when you are in a romantic situation. For example, if you are deciding to take a bubble bath together or having a sexy dinner together with your favorite kind of bubbly drink, alcoholic or non-alcoholic, and you can just have an open conversation. You can always start by talking about wonderful things and wonderful memories and then going to, you know what I've been noticing lately? So that's going to be our next word, noticing. Noticing is this amazing, liberating uh, form of identifying things because it engages curiosity. The part of your brain that deals with curiosity is a part of your brain that is not easy to provide harm. So when you are engaging this part of your brain, you're creating a pattern of liking the information you're receiving, of having fascination. So when you engage that word, that term, that part of your brain that's curious lights up and you can get your partner to also engage with that emotion and create a very different dynamic than you would if you're like, you know what I'm not getting? This is what I want. Or you know what? I haven't been orgasming hard lately. It's been a problem. You don't know anything about it. You don't know what you're doing. No, you can just be like, hey, I've been noticing that I've been thinking about this specific thing a lot when I'm about to orgasm. And and say, is that something that we could have conversations about that you would be open to exploring? Sometimes the answer is like, ah, what are you talking about? But because you started with this curiosity thing, the mood is already much lighter than it would have been if it seemed like this kind of blaming thing where you're like, you owe me this thing that I've been enjoying in my own mind. So let's start with noticing and curiosity to engage in conversations. While you're thinking, identify possible solutions. So for example, say you have a partner, a monogamous partner, you've been with them for a long time. And you're noticing that something as simple as the frequency of sexual interactions that you're wanting um, is not happening uh, like you would want it. Or maybe one of you really enjoys and naturally is drawn to having sex early in the morning as soon as they wake up. And the other one is, you know, the person that gets up with the kids that are knocking and making breakfast, right? So before you even go into this conversation, start thinking about, what are possible solutions to this? Could we be like, well, on the weekends, we, we could try to have sex in the morning, but otherwise it's kind of off limits because it's just not practical. So try to create some possible solutions. Some things will not have solutions that are that easy. So for example, um, if someone wants to be having um, sex with strangers and posting ads on Backpage and Craigslist, if Backpage is even open, who knows, um, and posting something that says, come over and have sex with me right now, and the other partner definitely does not feel safe with that, what is a possible solution to that? Well, there aren't that many easy solutions, but maybe some type of role play scenario is a solution for you and it's something that you feel like is a first step maybe um creating dynamics where you would not know if it was your partner or not and they still get some control over either choosing to be that person and acting like they don't know you or something else so there's all kinds of different scenarios that could provide solutions that you never considered right so 
much easier to start the conversation and head it in a certain direction when you already have in mind certain um, possible outcomes. Let's see. Remember that this is not about you. Whether or not we want to believe that our issues are about us and that our discussions with our partners are about us, they're not. Everyone's everything is about themselves. And you can't expect it any other way. So when you have conversations, identify that any reaction that they're having is not actually about you. It's 100% about what's going on for them. You don't have to say that because it's actually rude to tell someone you have things going on that you need to resolve on your own and it's not about me, right? But it is super helpful to keep in mind that, oh, wow, that was really difficult for them. I wonder why that is and identify that, hey, it's not me. It's not something I'm doing. It's their response to or how they're taking me in right now. Also, psychologically, when you make a decision about something, you then have to defend it. And the part of our brain that deals with uh, bonds and protection takes over. So when you're having a discussion with someone, especially with someone you love and especially about something that is important to you or is intimate and vulnerable for you. Try not to take a stand. Try to hear without listening. What are these words saying? Don't interpret what they're saying because that becomes about you. Try to hear what they're saying. Then try to listen without hearing. What did it mean for me? And then identify that those are totally different things. We think that hearing and listening are the same thing, but hearing is absorbing information without processing it. And then listening is the way we process that information. And the exact same words spoken in the exact same way are going to be heard and listened to very differently. So try to break those up. And that way you can kind of recognize, whoa, Am I having an issue right now? Or did you make it seem like I was having an issue? Or are you saying something that's actually not related to me in any way at all, right? Let's see. So try not to take a stand. Try not to make a decision about something they've said because once you do, then you're forced to um, identify what it is that bothers you to argue in that perspective. And it doesn't matter what the person says. No one ever takes a step back and says, actually, this wasn't that important to me, so I'm just done with the argument. Because once you start arguing, you have to take a stand. You have to make the other person see it from your perspective, but they won't because they're not in your head and it's not about you. So there's no argument that's gonna end with the other person agreeing with you. It has to start with not being an argument if you want them to see your perspective. So the best way to do that is to try not to take a firm stand. Instead, just make an opinion, make a decision, but, but about um, make an observation about something that you're saying with curiosity and engage that other side instead of the argumentative side that wants to defend its point of view. So notice boundaries that come up for you. The same as you're noticing what's happening around you, notice what's happening inside of you. If a boundary came up for you, typically it looks like body language shifts. It looks like uh, defensiveness. It looks like, oh, you said something offensive about me. Or you made a judgment call about who I am. When that emotion comes up for you, I want you to recognize that that is what's called a gatekeeping emotion. The emotions that come up for us that create strong reactions are gatekeeping something inside of us. Like I said, Nothing else is about you. When people talk, it's not about you. 
but our listening is 100% internal. So what's happening is your brain identifies something that it sees as a trigger. And then this gatekeeping emotion can come out and say, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to step in because whatever's actually happening is either too strong, too difficult, or too vulnerable for us to deal with. So we're going to put this emotion here to end this and shift this conversation. So notice these boundaries coming up. Notice your gatekeeping emotions coming up. And then you can say, whoa, okay, we can take a break on this conversation or name it. The thing about gatekeeping emotions is that once you start to identify them, it totally shifts the way that you're understanding communication because you realize, wow, this came up for me. Why did it come up? What can I do to make this gatekeeping emotion go away? And most of the time, just saying out loud, oh, you know what? I just felt really attacked by that, but I'm noticing that I'm feeling very attacked by it. And I wonder why that is, because what you said was, for example, that I like to have sex at night and you like to have sex in the morning. And really, that's not an attack. That wasn't a judgment call. Even though you may feel like that means the blame is on me for us not having sex, that's not what the words said. That was how they were listened to. And noticing that difference can make all of the difference between having a good conversation that can be productive and something that becomes an argument that is really super damaging and it feels that it has no solution at all. So since we mentioned um, gatekeeping emotions, I want to talk to you about this little technique. Um, it's a very new form of psychology therapy, but I think it needs to be the way we approach life and emotions in general. I'm not a huge fan of psychology, but I do think there is some interesting perspectives and in interesting uh, things that are studied that we can use in our everyday life all of the time. So internal family systems is essentially the theory that our emotions are not part of us. They're not something that we feel. They're something that kind of exists outside of our centered, balanced self. And everything that happens around us is trying to uh, protect or otherwise um, fulfill a purpose for this centered self. And once we can start speaking of emotions in third person, then it becomes much easier to, um, I wouldn't say detach, but certainly feel less involved uh, with the emotion. Like I said, when you realize that anger is a gatekeeping emotion or a defensive emotion, then you can easily say, wait, what does anger want? Like, why is anger here? Oh, it's here because I was feeling attacked. I was feeling like I had to defend the fact that we're not having sex because I like to have sex at night. So really noticing what those emotions need and why they're coming up completely shifts your perspective about why you're having the conversations you're having and why they're ending the way that they're ending. Um, so you can pick up a book, Internal Family Systems, all over Amazon, all over Barnes & Noble. It's amazing. It's life-changing. Look it up on YouTube if you want. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough. So um, using noticing and curiosity to be able to have this conversation is going to be the best way to get exactly what you want. Continue thinking about what your solutions are. Perception check, but also be like, okay, what could be a possible solution? Brainstorm possible solutions without shutting them down, but maybe saying, mm, 
Maybe that one I'm a little uncomfortable with right now. Let's put it on the back burner and let's come back to it later and see if that's a way that you can keep communication going. The enemy of creativity is a great idea. So sometimes when you come up with a great solution and your partner doesn't agree with that solution, it can shut you down. So instead of completely Xing anybody's solution and making that decision that then you have to protect, just say, let's think of something else. I'm not super comfortable with that yet and see where it's going. Also, feel free to take breaks from your arguments. Feel free to be like, wow, I'm getting really emotional right now and I don't think this is gonna go anywhere productive. Can we just take a break? And that break can be together or it can be apart. But I wanna encourage you to have a conversation where you can take a break from the conversation and still hang out with that person and shift to positive body language and shift to physical touch of any kind because those things can trick your mind into having you feel better. When you're noticing that your body language is shifting, shift it back on purpose. So there's a bunch of studies about how if you smile, you feel happy. What comes first, feeling happy or smiling? And it turns out that it works both ways. If you feel happy, then you're more likely to smile. And if you're smiling, you're more likely to feel happy. Both of those work. So do the same thing with your body language. Shift it on purpose. Make it a point to be like, no, no. We are here to have a good conversation about how to bring more pleasure into our lives. And honestly, that's an amazing conversation to be having with any partner. So remember, if you're having these conversations, you are so lucky to be with people that you want to include into your pleasure zones. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.